All right, all right. We are back again, Southern Arrow Podcast. Um, as always, Cliff Cannon, your host. I'm here, man. Um, my boy over here. What's going on, everybody? Uh, Jamie. He didn't tell you who he was. That's oh, Jamie. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Seth, I see you made it on. Yes, sir. I'm here. How you doing? Well, I'm all right, man. What's up with the fajitas? They, they were good? Ah, well, I ain't had none yet. I just got the family hooked up, and I'm gonna gonna take a little breather, hang out with y'all a little bit. Yeah, there you go, there you go. Were you making uh, were they wild game fajitas, or were you? Did you get some store bought? Yeah, not tonight. It had a little. Hello, HEB special going on. That's so what I'm talking about, man, dude. I don't, hey, you know, I mean, I've been, I know a lot of people who don't. I mean, don't get me wrong, I don't know people who don't buy beef. It, you know, but I, I do. I mean, I got plenty of deer meat, but it, for me, deer meat's more like a a specialty thing. I don't eat it every day. I don't eat it all the time. I uh, yeah, oh, I eat it until it runs out. <laughs> well, I try to pace myself too. You know, I mean, I, I mean, you know, I got a <laughs> oh, I only yeah. killed, I only actually kept one deer this year. So I, but I killed six last year. So I had a really good season last year. I killed multiple deer this year, but only kept one. Um, so I got enough to make it through. I'll make it through summer, but you know, it'll be getting thin. I need, I got to go kill an axis deer, you know? Um, I need to go kill me an axis doe at least for some, for some extra venison. Um, you know, we'll see anyway. Um, so, uh, Mike Smith from, uh, from the, uh, the, the land of giants where there's 170 inch deer behind every tree and in every shrub, there's a 150. Um, what's up, man? (laughs) Hey, Mike. You scared him off. I guess I did. <laughs> well, we'll come back to him. I mean, I don't know. Maybe he had to step off, or maybe he's just having some uh, some issues with uh, with his mic or something. Um, Herb from Missouri. What's up, dude? Doing good, doing good. How glad are to you, be man? back on tonight. Yeah, man. I'm We're glad really to have good. you back. I know, you know, last time was your first one, right? So last week was your first time yeah. on. Yeah, and and yeah. I know it, it's a little weird, you know. Uh, it it takes a little time to you get sort of comfortable with talking, knowing that you're being. I don't know why, but it's like if you don't know you're being recorded, you just talk. But the second you know you're oh, being yeah. recorded, it just changes something inside you mentally. You know, you just all of a sudden you don't want to talk about you know or you don't know what to say if I say it wrong. I'll never forget the yeah. first time I did the radio show. Like the first recording of the radio show, we we pre-recorded it. God, I am so glad we pre-recorded it. Because they wanted me to do like the first show live, and I was like, "Nah, dude, I don't, I don't know. I'm not comfortable. I think I need to pre-record a couple." Man, I got on that freaking thing and literally didn't know what to say. I mean, I just, I mean, I couldn't put a freaking two-word sentence together. I, I mean, I was just blanked out, and uh, we ended up having to do two or three takes before I got comfortable. Something about the microphone in my face that just, you know, it short-circuited my brain, and my tongue and my brain wouldn't connect. And I couldn't form words. I didn't know what to say. But, um, and then we got a new guy today. Um, been waiting for you to get on, man. Um, but I understand why, because I know your little girl was 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 sick, so you were a little bit preoccupied with her. But Randall, tell the world hello. Tell them who you are. Tell them what you do. Tell them where you live, and and we'll go from there. Well, man, I'm glad you uh, I'm glad you invited me to join you guys. This is uh, my name's Randall Nackman, and. I live in Louisiana, and I hunt in the swamp. <laughs> and uh, uh, on the side, I, I, I build software apps. That's the day job, and then try to spend as much time in the woods. If I'm not deer hunting, I'm, I'm trying to fish. And uh, just started doing some alligator hunting uh, a few years ago, so that's been that's been interesting to try to figure that out. Yeah. But um, – I don't know. It's just, uh, I guess the last, 
really the last six years I've, I've, I've been consumed with bow hunting. This, uh, I, I hung up the rifle and you know, started pretty much exclusively bow hunting. I did, uh, I did shoot a buck this year with my daughter's rifle. So I feel like I, I kind of cheated, but, uh, I'll, I'll get over it. I missed that. I, I missed that the same buck that I shot. I missed him earlier this year with my bow at 20 yards. So that wasn't the, that wasn't the deer you sent us pictures of, huh? It was. Oh it was the one. <laughs> I know, man. I feel uh, we were like we were going to talk about that, but now we're not. We're not. Killed it with a rifle. Well, we, man, don't I, 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 we don't want to know. We don't want to know. I understand that we're on a bow hunting show, and I wanted to. I wanted to. Oh I wanted God. to be. Uh, I wanted to be upfront about it. I. I did That's okay. Seth killed his pig, and you know, Seth killed it. It was. It's funny because <laughs> the same time you sent that picture, Seth sent his pig pictures, and neither one of you put a disclaimer up on the group text that you had done that with a with with a weapon besides a bow. I mean, I just. I'm so. I'm so embarrassed for y'all. Yeah, I, I, I figured the, I figured the deer was way more important than mine, and I you know I thought I'd get away with it on this one. So yeah, well I mean don't get me wrong. And, and, <laughs> I, and I, I want you guys to know that I did not do it with my bow, and, and there is a lot, there's some regret. But you know what, man? Did you feel I'm like just, you settled? I, do you, Do you really? Do you feel like you settled? You know, because that's how I feel. Like if I shoot something with a rifle, I feel like I settled. You know, or or that I didn't. Um, I don't know what the word would be. Um, I do. I, you know, I haven't shot a, I haven't shot it. Literally, have not shot a deer with a rifle in six years. And you know, I just, I don't know. I, it was. I had two days left in the season, and I'd hunted hard, man. And it had been a miserable, miserable season. I had killed some deer with my bow, it's but a, it was a miserable season know, for a lot of us. Damn. I killed a, I killed two coal bucks. I'd call them coal bucks, and we try to shoot. We're trying to shoot a bunch of older six points on our property so I, I shot two of the two two coal bucks and i'd shot two does but i'd say you know it was just hard i was it was a grind the whole season and you know the, the only real good buck that i was seeing was was this wide rack eight point that i'd i'd, I'd literally have seen this buck since the 2016-17 season so this was the sixth year that i'd seen him mm -hmm. and the and the second year that I'd hunted him hard, like he was the only buck that I was going to, the only shooter buck, what we'd call a shooter buck or trophy buck sure. that I was going to shoot. I mean, there's nothing else really on our property that I was seeing. So it was a, it was a grind. And this man, this buck had my number. I, I swear to God, it was absolutely crazy. I, you know, I had him at 20 yards and I don't know what, how I, how I missed this deer. It was I mean, as a bow hunter, it doesn't get any better than, than where, he, you know, everything about everything about where he was and, you know, the, the lighting, everything was perfect. I just, you know, I don't know. I started wearing glasses last year and I felt like that was going to make a difference. But, you know, I, you know it, it, I, I wouldn't say it was low light, but it, you know, there were a lot of shadows on the ground and, um, and when I drew back, I just I couldn't couldn't really get a good good focus. I shoot a compound, and and you know I guess if if I was shooting a recurve with no peep, it would be different. But you know, just I, my eyes have problems focusing through the peep, lining up the pin with the with the target in in low light. And I just you know I I, I had plenty of time to calm down. I mean, he he was sitting in front of me for. 15 minutes just in some real thick stuff so 
no excuse when I missed him. And uh, I stopped seeing him probably two weeks before the season ended and had pretty much written written him off. And I was just, just, just dumb luck was driving with my daughter to go hunt that afternoon. And we were driving past a stand and he ran right out in front of me. <laughs> I couldn't believe it. I was like, God, that's him at 3.30 in the afternoon. And it was – you know, it was 75 degrees, and there he was with four does just ran right out in front of me. So we, me and my daughter ended up hunting that spot, that stand, uh, that afternoon, that morning, and, and that next morning, she was. it got cold. There was a cold front that came through, and she made me leave at 8 o'clock, and that buck came out at 9 o'clock. Mm-hmm. I mean, one hour, one hour later. <laughs> mm-hmm. And she would have gotten to shoot him. And then uh, – I'm like, I'm going right back to that stand the next afternoon. And well, that afternoon and that next morning with, and I took her rifle and she didn't come hunt with me, but I was there and he was there. And well, at least, uh, you, at least I know you didn't like push her down in the mud to shoot him with her gun. That's kind of what I thought we were I was, was going to, I ain't a lie to you. I was thinking, out. God, if you, if you threw your daughter on the ground and pulled the gun out of her hand to shoot it, you know, this is your last, just, I don't know if I'm going to let you come back because. So she was she was going to get to shoot him if he came out, and sure. he did not come out. Sure. And uh, you know what's crazy is he came out and had four does with him, and he, um, you know, he was hundred yards away and and, and had the, her little two forty three and and just popped him in the shoulder, and he ran and and did a you know circled back right where he right where I shot him, and he dropped in the in this road that's planted, and I just. I was sitting there fumbling because he didn't drop at first. He, he he looked left and right, and I was like, did I miss this deer? And then his back leg started going out, and he fell backwards. And I'd by that time, it was a, this is a single-shot 243, mm-hmm. a little crack barrel. So I, I'd fumbled and bumbled and gotten another uh, round in it, and I was just settling in on him when he was falling. And then, uh, and then one of the does that was with him ran back out into the road and was looking at him. I'm like, all right. So ended up with a with with that buck and a doe. The doe was hundred almost one hundred and fifty pounds. I couldn't believe it. Wow, that's a big she doe was, for down there, right? I'm telling you, man. It, I mean, I, I on that property, I've never shot a doe that big. I've seen one other doe that was one fifty five, but where we you know where we hunt the you know the body weights are typically you know for a mature buck that's you know before the rut is you know two fifteen two twenty at best. And, yeah. You know, they'll get bigger than that, but that's a that's a big deer, a two hundred twenty pound buck, and then a doe. You know, one hundred twenty to one hundred thirty pounds is is really big. So, well, but where I used to hunt along the river, you know, there were some giant deer. I mean, you, you'd see 180, 190 pound does shot. So, it just oh, I think cool. it all depends on where where you hunt. But I, we're in the swamp, and the, the habitat's not great, the nutrition's not great, so we don't have huge body sizes. And, don't get the big racks that some of you guys get, but it's yeah. still fun, man. That buck was seven and a half years old. So that's awesome, dude. I mean, I'm I'm really I'm happy for you. I mean, you know, we're gonna pick on you because you didn't because you couldn't kill him with a bow. I mean, we're gonna and we're gonna be <laughs> right, We're not man. gonna be and we're not even gonna be nice about it. We're gonna pick on you. We're Please, gonna pick on dude, you hard. Beat me up a little bit because I yeah. deserve it. But, but I, you know what, man? So. Uh, I'm gonna I'm gonna stop us for a second. So wh- the whole time you were telling the story, me and Jamie are <laughs> Jamie's with me. He's at the house with me. We're at the shop, and this male cardinal, beautiful red bird. My, my grandmother was a huge cardinal fan. Flew in my shop, 
and now my my male healer is and he is literally trying to climb the walls because this bird can't get out so we're going to take us i'm going to i'm going to pause for a second um and me and jamie are going to do our best to try to get him out of this shop before my male dog <laughs> tears this damn building down he is literally chasing this bird in circles around the shop um, so y'all bear with me for a second. I'm going to put this thing on mute. It's going to let it run, and then we'll come back in a few minutes and try to get um, – he's going to fly into me. We're going to try to shoo him out the door in just a second. Give me a second. Hey, guys. Sorry to interrupt, but you know I got to do it. This is Cliff, Tom Smith Landon Homes, here to tell you that if you are looking to buy or sell in Mississippi or Louisiana, I am the guy for you. Give me a call, 601 601- Nine nine zero five zero seven zero, or on my cell phone six zero one five six five one zero seven zero. And remember, if you expect more, you will get more. I don't know if y'all can hear me. Uh, y'all probably did y'all hear that entire mess that I made just now? Well, of course, it was a freaking yeah. Mess. I hope it's uh, I hope it's on video. Still ain't no hell no. no. I was hoping for video too. Still yeah. ain't caught him. He's sitting over there. He's sitting over here on my. I got a big. I got a bunch of ca- uh, uh, tabletop countertops in here. And he's sitting over here by my sink, just looking at me like I'm stupid. Like, dude, you're never going to catch me. I'm just going to let him do his thing. He'll he might spend the night in here. Who knows? I'll just leave the door open. He'll find his way out tomorrow. Because if I turn all the lights off tomorrow, he'll probably find his way out. He's pretty wore out right now. Yeah. All right. Let's just uh, you know, uh, it is what it is. I don't know how long that took. I'm sorry, guys. <laughs> um, I'll edit it all out. But yeah, poor Cardinal man. And Lakota's over there staring at him like, yeah. dude, I, I need to catch you so bad. That dude a heard a cat. Hey, he's something else. But anyway, um, back to where we were. Um, <laughs> golly, this cardinal's just looking at me like I'm stupid. My grandmother's probably rolling in her grave with me catching, trying to catch that thing. She was a big fan of them. Anyway, um, so anybody uh, besides, like, I'm not a turkey hunter. My, Mike, you said you're a little bit of a turkey hunter, right? Yes, yes. Yeah. And Herb, Herb, you, uh, you, you, Randall. I know Seth. You don't have any turkeys where y'all live. So, any of y'all turkey hunters? Oh, I've Man, I've played around. I'm the same. I played around with it, but I, I can't say that I'm good yeah, or. Do I'm not it a, a turkey. Lot, hun- you know? I mean, I, I turkey hunt. I used to be fanatical about it when I was young, but I'm not anymore. I go in the woods with turkey calls. Is that turkey hunting? That's what it's called. Yeah, that's turkey hunting. I mean, I'm not a big hunter. I mean, I'll hunt them a little bit. Um, I'll hunt them three or four times. You know, I really would like to kill one with my bow. I mean, it is something that I really want to do, but I don't hunt turkeys hard enough to uh, to actually probably ever kill one with my bow, unless I just you know I ain't I am not gonna, in Mississippi where I live. You can't shoot one in the fall, um, not legally, uh, so I'm not going to do it. But I'm just not a I'm not a turkey hunter enough. To that, uh, that fall season that started a few years ago, you can't. I don't think Franklin County has a. I don't think Franklin County has a yeah, fall season though. It's just certain counties. It's certain counties in Mississippi, and I don't think Franklin County has a fall season. Of course, you know we have we've had really good turkey populations and really bad populations, and then really good populations. So, um, we don't have a great turkey population like right now. Um, it suffered some real beatings the last. Uh, I don't know. With the exception of COVID in 2020, which was probably the best turkey season we had in a long time, um, it has been suffering really badly because, like I said, Franklin County is a lot of national forest. I mean, 100,000 or so acres of national forest. And a lot of people come from out of state to hunt our birds. And everybody who can – here's my problem with that. I don't care that you come out of state, don't bother me, because I go out of state to hunt too. But you can kill three. Mm-hmm. So you go and you you come out you come from out of state and you get to kill three turkeys. 
And it and then I know guys who went out there and they filled their limit the first you know the first week of the season they killed three turkeys and then they're back off to their home state. Um, and it's really and it, which is fine if it's legal so so be it. But what it does was it, it really had an adverse effect on the turkey population over the last few years. It's really declined. Um, so there there are rumors that they're going to start limiting um, out of state um, tags. Uh, reducing the number that you can kill legally from out of state things like that um but it ain't gonna matter because we don't have a tagging system so how is you gonna a difference, know is there a difference in bag limit between out of tag no that's what i was saying in mississippi and, you can oh, okay. in mississippi you get a out of state license you can kill three just like i can kill three. Oh, okay i got you you know so and and you know i mean so be it like you know but like uh for for instance um i think missouri um i get to kill one if i go to missouri one buck ain't that right herb um what's archery yeah uh, i get one archery tag and one rifle tag right um well that's what the what's the buck system we get you can kill two buck with your bow but you, you won't have to you can't shoot one with your rifle what happens is you get to shoot one before the the rut the rifle rut season mm-hmm. and if you don't shoot one during your rifle rut season you can go in the fall, behind that and shoot another buck but is that for out of state as well as uh, residents? Yeah, non-resident. I think so. I think is it? That's what I thought. Yeah, non. I mean, you. I mean, the only thing is, is um, we're confused. I had some friends that came out of another state last year. Thought they were going to use the same tag to rifle hunt with because they thought they can get one. And uh, you actually have to buy your rifle tag. Oh, okay. Okay. Well, I know, like you know. Well, of course, everybody knows Iowa. Iowa's a one-buck state for, for all out of – I mean, Mike, you get two, right? You get a landowner and a regular tag. I can actually kill three bucks. Three bucks? Yeah, I, I can kill a buck on my landowner tag. I can kill a buck – okay, let's say, let's say I choose to use my landowner tag during the archery season. I can kill a buck with my landowner tag. I can kill uh, a buck with my statewide tag. And then I can buy one of the fire if I choose to buy one of the firearm seasons tags, which would either be shotgun one, shotgun two, late muzzle loader, or early early muzzle loader. I could I could kill I could actually kill three. I've never done that. I killed two this year. So is that like a loophole, or is that a standard? That's how it works. No, that's that's how it works. Okay, it works. but a resident a non resident only gets one tag. Right, right. You you can kill you can kill a buck. And a doe, uh, you know, as a non-resident. Yeah, that's draw. Illinois the same way you can kill a buck and a doe non-resident. Yeah. But Illinois, right. you can have uh, – you get. I know Mike's not here because he's out with his wife, but Illinois, you get – a resident gets two bucks, and I think you can just buy doe tags. Um, I don't know if there's a limit to the doe tags you can buy, but I know you buy doe tags. But a, a the resident – here, like in Davis County where I live here in Iowa uh, – we had, I think, seventeen hundred antlerless tags available in Davis County, and you, a person, if they wanted to, they can buy. A resident can buy as many of those as you want. Mm-hmm. The first one's twenty eight fifty, and then they're fifteen dollars after that. But I mean, no, nobody really abuses that. I mean, how many deer does somebody need? You, you know, you don't live down here. <laughs> <laughs> well, my, my, maybe some of the honest people. Yeah, because they they don't buy store-bought food. Well, I I can just tell I mean, I know guys who, you know, Mississippi, you can kill five does and three bucks. You can kill eight deer legally in Mississippi. 
And I know guys yeah. who, who absolutely limit out every year, you know. Um, I don't. I rarely ever limit out. Like last year, I killed six. I killed uh, I killed four dozen. No, I killed five dozen, five dozen a buck. And this year, I killed. Um, I did limit out on my does. We have a lot of does where we live, so it's yeah, part of it. Close. I'm kind of the opposite here. Uh, uh, I don't. I don't like. I just don't. I see more bucks than I see does. I know that's. I, I know that sounds well. And I and I may be exaggerating. This year, this year it was probably. Six. I probably saw sixty percent does and and forty percent bucks. Really, but I mean, I see a lot of bucks, and I just don't, especially right here around my place. I just don't like to shoot my does. You know. Yeah. Oh, I got a neighbor. He he he's never shot a doe off his place, and but he but he don't have any bucks on it either. Yeah, yeah. And, and as far as t- back to turkey hunting, uh, my my wife. Here in the next couple of weeks, you'll go out on our porch at, at daylight or right before daylight and owl hoot, and usually she'll get a gobble coming from down in this creek bottom there. Yeah, down below you. So, all right, so when does y'all's turkey season start? Uh, it's it's around, it's early part of April. It's a little bit later than down south, because, uh, uh, you know, in the southern states. I, I think it's like the first weekend of April, maybe the second weekend. Yeah, and and it runs pretty much all the way through May, and we actually have four seasons. We if you buy if you buy an archery tag, you can hunt the whole turkey season. Uh, if you buy one of the gun tags, you have to choose season two, season three, or season four. Uh, now you can kill a resident can kill one with their bow and then buy one of the gun tags also shotgun tags, mm-hmm. but. Uh, uh, if you if you have an archery tag, you can hunt basically all four seasons. And, you know, until you kill until, until you, you kill until you fill your tag, right? Yes. Yeah, Herb. What about yeah. y'all's turkey season? Is, is what what's y'all's season look sound like up there or look like up there? Uh, here in Iowa? No, I was talking about Herb. Oh, okay. Yeah, I was just looking that up. Um, look like eighteenth uh, of April is what I was trying to figure out real quick. Um. I was looking it up real quick to check. Uh, turkey, yeah, eighteenth of April's open up till May eighth. It's it's a little different. You're talking. I just what what got me was what you're always talking about shooting three birds in one week. Uh, our opening week up here, we can only shoot one bird. Shoot, you can shoot and all three birds in one day. We can't do that. I'm pretty sure we you can't can. Do that. I don't. Well, I may be wrong. I may be oh, wrong. It may be one bird a day. You can shoot three then, birds then, in three then, days. I can tell you that. I know that yeah. for a fact. I, I'm not sure about if you can do them all in one day or if it's one per day or not. I, I, I know. Hell, I've never killed three birds. In, <laughs> I mean, what I did back in my youth, I killed three. You know, I killed. I, I filled my tags regularly, but I don't. Actually, I don't turkey hunt a lot. Um, I got other things to do yeah. in the spring. So, like, and then, then the second week, that week, in, uh, it opens up to where we shoot a bird a day. You know, we get two birds. And when we shoot one, you know, one day, then the next day we can fill the next tag. Mm-hmm. We can't shoot two birds in one day at all. Yeah, and you and that's that's probably Mississippi's law. I think it's a bird a day, um, but you can kill, you know, in three days you can kill three birds, and and then you're you know you're done. Um, now, of course, uh, you know we've we've had I've seen more and bigger instances of um, people getting in trouble for poaching over turkeys 
than I ever have for whitetails. I mean, every now and then you hear mm-hmm. about some guy who shot a big whitetail in velvet, you know, with a with with a rifle or something, or maybe he killed it the week before the season because he, you know, didn't think he'd be around. Um, you know, our season starts October one, but I have heard and you know, um, I've not seen personally, but I've heard of and and seen local people. Um, get in some serious trouble for for shooting mostly over the limit of turkeys. I mean, I've heard stories of guys killing 30, 40 turkeys a year. Um, We have a 45-day season, and that's a whole lot of damn turkeys to kill. A whole Um, lot of trespassing, too. Yeah. There's a, there's a funny there's, it's talking about trespass. So there's some people don't think there's no boundaries. There, there's a, you'll see a meme go around if you if you're if you're in mess with turkeys at all you'll see a meme go around. They say the third time he gobbles the property line melts. I mean they they don't have no problem crossing hopping a fence. I mean that's the thing about like the separation that I think that's what gives a lot of turkey hunters a bad name is like if I have to worry about trespassing it's almost always during turkey season that I have to worry about trespassing. Um. Not during deer. I mean, I don't see you don't see trespassing during deer season, but people will cross property lines during turkey season in a second. Um, that turkey's gobbling, and they go right over the top of your fence and, and try to move in on top of him, you know, and kill him and get off there before you can ever know what happened. Um, and it, it just it gives sportsmen a terrible name, um, especially sportsmen in the South, because it's it's. I mean, I'm not gonna lie to you. It's a damn common practice around here. People do it all the time, and it drives yeah. me crazy that we have to worry about that. You know, you gotta, you gotta literally like, um, because I work for myself. I literally drive the property line during during turkey season. Every morning, I go to places where I know people are, or you know, like where we have our turkeys gobbling around the property, and I go and I I go there and just in the morning. I don't turkey hunt that much, but I just go there to you know. And there's somebody pulls up, and I'm like, hey, this is private property. Turn around and go back. Yep. And they look at me, and I'm like, yeah, yeah, you know it was private property when you pulled down here, but you were coming, to, you were coming, but you need to turn around and go back. And you need to tell all your friends that I'll be patrolling this property line, and you need to stay off our property. Um, it's a shame, but I have to do it every year. Every single year I have to do it. And you'll see tons of pictures on Facebook, people you know this truck yeah you know this truck do you know this side by side do you know this guy he's in camouflage he's got a shotgun he's got his little chair and he's walking through somebody's food plot on somebody else's property chasing turkeys and it happens all the time it's a damn crying shame um i hope nobody else has the problems that we have with that but it's a massive problem in the southeast down here in this little part of mississippi with people trespassing to kill turkeys it gives turkey hunters a terrible name it's probably why i don't do it anymore i don't i don't turkey hunt very often Yeah, that's kind of why I kind of got out of it for a while because um, got almost got shot on public land. And I was trying to pull a bird off of uh, – actually, I pulled him off of private land and pulled him over onto the public land. And, hey, guys, walk right up on top of me and weren't even paying attention. Yeah, well, that's fine. I mean, look, if you can set up on public land and call him off of the private land and shoot him, that's fine. That's legal. There's nothing, there's nothing illegal about that. That's fine. Oh, we. But when you hop the fence and go 300 yards onto my private property to set up on, the, to set up on a bird, I got an issue with you. Yeah, it just is what it is. Anyway, um, so, yeah, that, that just is what it is. I mean, I don't try not to uh, – I'm not a big turkey hunter. I do turkey hunt a little bit. I, I mean, if, if he'll gobble, um, I'll, I'll mess with him. But the minute he quits gobbling, I'm going to go home. I got work to do. I mean, it's a busy time of year for me. It starts to get busy in the spring. Um, I just don't do it that much. So – I guess that's that's turkey hunting, isn't it, right there? Because I don't, Brandon. I mean, uh, Randall and 
Seth, I know you don't have to around it. You don't turkey hunt too much. No, not 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 to the point that I kind of like seek it out, but I just don't get a whole lot of opportunity. When I go to Central Texas, and if I have a place to go, and uh, turkey season is in, and I you know if I have opportunity to shoot one, but I, it's not really traditional hunting. It's kind of like if I shoot one, if I see one, if I see a group, and I get an opportunity to shoot one, but it's not like I'm sitting down, you know, calling birds or checking them on the roost in the evenings, going back and getting on them in the mornings or nothing like that. I've shot one with my bow. I've shot a few with a gun. But it's all it's all just been luck and by chance. Nothing that I've ex- ever I've never pursued one, and you know, and and you know, called. I've never had one coming in gobbling in my face or anything. So I don't. But yeah, it's just never uh, not a whole lot of opportunity down here for that. And then, uh, that, but you know, I've I've read the history on turkeys where I live, and they they've introduced them a couple of times, a couple of different times, and. From what I can read from the biologist reports and everything, not only just the predators, but I, from what they say, the fire ants um, uh, eat out the eggs before yeah. they can really kind of uh, take you know take a hold on her. And they'll last for a few years. I know uh, a couple of ca- East Texas counties, but actually, where the MLD place up is in Nacogdoches County, we've got we've got a little turkey herd. It's not much, but and I know I know where they roost. So we. And it could be a chance that I don't know squat. I mean, I, I, other than what I can read and practice off of paper, but uh, we've got some up at the little place up there. And yeah, well, and, I mean, uh, you know, I mean, I remember turkey hunting uh, at Fort Hood. There, um, Fort Hood actually had a pretty good population of, of C- Rios. C- Central Texas has. I mean, you get four turkey tags in Texas. Yeah, you know, they're and they're in the th- and they're in South Texas, which kind of weirds me out, but. You know, I, I think you only get like one eastern, but you get four turkey tags. I mean, in Central Texas, they're 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 pretty pot. I mean, yeah, they had a pretty good over. population. The only thing I, I the only problem that I ever had, like, so I'm from the I'm from down here in the dirty south, and so when I when I was stationed at Fort Hood, they don't hunt turkeys like we hunt turkeys. They hunt turkeys out of blinds. They just oh yeah pour corn out I, in the freaking you know out in front of the blind, and they sit in the blind and they wait for the turkeys to come eat. They hunt them I, like they do I, deer. I was almost hey, it's 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 funny that you know that because I was almost embarrassed to tell you that uh That's how they hunt turkeys any, there. Anybody that I know, I mean, you know, these guys, if anybody from the Midwest, when you talk about somebody hunting turkey in Texas, they're they're hunting them on a feeder like they do deer. Yeah, I mean that's that exactly. So I remember the first time I ever went turkey hunting, so like um I said I was a bow hunter. I mean I I didn't hunt with a gun in Texas. I never hunted with a gun not a single time in Texas. Um but anyway, so we uh we were gonna I was gonna turkey hunt and the first time I ever went, I'll never forget I drove down in this uh way in the back in this little valley, you know, in the in Fort Hood's got a bunch of it's it's the uh the Edwards Plateau, so you got a bunch of hilltops, you know, you got these valleys down in there and I, I drove down in this valley and in way in the middle I mean way in the back of nothing. And there was three big I remember I never forget I drove down in there and I saw them, they were strutting out in this little field three big times and a bunch of hens and i thought man i'm gonna i'm gonna get on them so i drew the tag because like i said at fort hood just like the just like with the bow hunting um during bow season you go up there and, and you put your license in a in a uh in like a lottery thing and they pull your license number and then you go up there and you can select the area because fort hood's broken into areas every every poor every post is but fort hood's but it was broken to like 6a 6b 6c 7a 7b 7c so on so forth all the way around and so I can't. I think it was like two A or B or something like that. It's up in the way in the northeast corner of Fort Hood, up above Belton Lake. And uh, I drew, and 
it's open. I think they, you know, they let like three people in each area. So it was open. So I, I took the area. I was the first person to take it. So opening day, I'm in there. It's, you know, crack of dawn. Turkeys are gobbling. You know, it's, I mean, it's all kind. And so I'm moving. I'm a, I'm a southern turkey hunter. I don't sit down. We move, we get in close, we set up, we call, you know. So I did. I pulled mm-hmm. in. I got in close as I thought I could. I set up, I called. Well, the turkeys, you know, they they pitch down, and the, the hens start going away from me, so the gobblers are following them. So me being a turkey hunter, I do what comes natural down here, man. I get up, grab my shit, and I start making a big loop to try to get ahead of them. <laughs> So I do. I make this big loop, and I'm I'm trying to get ahead of him. Well, I I'm come around this corner, and there's a guy sitting in a freaking blind, with a I mean he's got a freaking about 400 pounds of corn laid out in the road, and I seen him when I saw him, and he makes icon. We know he sort of waves at me, so I can see him. I see him. I just sort of waved, and I backed off, and I left. You know, and I got away from him, and I went back to where I originally was, and I sat down, and. After and I could sort of see where he was, so I, I got myself in a position where I could see where he was, and I just stayed right. I wouldn't leave where I was. I waited about eleven o'clock. Big old freaking Tom walked right by his um, blind, picking corn. I thought any second he's going to shoot him. I guess he'd left. Right. <laughs> so you, what you did was you you drew your afternoon spot, so you could roost a turkey and then you hunted in the morning, and then at twelve o'clock the next day you drew another spot. Mm. <clears throat> Excuse me. Excuse me. Anyway, so you would go at dinner time and you would do your drawing, and that would be for the afternoon to roost a turkey, and then you could hunt him in the next morning, and then you'd go to the next day. Same thing. All right, so I'm sitting there and I'm waiting for the drawing, and this guy comes up to me and he says, What the hell are you doing? And I'm like, What are you talking about? He said, I got video of you. He said, That's not how you turkey hunt. And I was like, Yeah, that's how I turkey hunt. So. <laughs> He says, where the hell are you from that you turkey hunt? He said, you need to sit your ass down and put some corn out. It's <laughs> like, no, nah, that's not how I turkey hunt. <laughs> so anyway, he took the video that he had of me turkey hunting the way we do in the South, and he took it to the guys who were over the drawing and complained. <laughs> and the guy said, man, I hate to break it to you, but that's how you're supposed to turkey hunt. He said, that's not, he said, what you do is not turkey hunting. That's, that's actually what turkey hunting is. You get up and you call and you move on your turkeys and you call them into you. He said, what you're doing is baiting turkeys and that's not the same thing. He got mad. He never came. I think he left and never came back to that area again. Um, I never did get a bird with my bow there, but I'm telling you, that's how he was. He was an asshole. It was Mm -hmm. funny. A lot of guys in Texas, including me, when I lived down there, they might shoot a turkey at a hundred yards with a two seventy during deer season. Yes, they will. Yeah, during see, the fall turkey season. Yeah. Well, see, yeah. we don't have a fall turkey season, or, or we rarely ever. If we do, we rarely ever have anything like that. I mean, we just don't have that. Um, it's uh, we've always had a pretty strong turkey population. But it's it's such a popular game animal in Mississippi. I think is probably why that we don't hunt them like that. Um, you couldn't hunt them in the wintertime; they would decimate them. Because down here, it's nothing to see. You know, uh, Lakota leave that bird alone. Uh, it is nothing down here to see. You know, forty or fifty in a flock. And if if you turn these rednecks loose on a bunch of turkeys in in a field in the wintertime, they'll shoot them all. Uh huh. It's just you know. Sorry, but that's just what it is. But anyway, so that's yeah. our turkey spill right there. I don't know. <laughs> yeah. Well, you that's know, I, I, have a, I have a friend from church who uh, 
he hunts out in uh, Fredericksburg, Texas, and up around Johnson City and stuff like that. A lot of bird, a lot of all kinds of game out there. Really, middle of the hill country, and he he goes turkey. He he does a legit turkey hunt every year on that place that he leases. And he asked me if if I wanted to come out there this this spring and and uh, basically like just kind of hang out and film for him. And I said, uh, well, how do how do y'all how do y'all hunt them? And he was like, no, no, we 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 hunt them like you hunt turkeys and i said y'all y'all you know sit down and call or y'all like because i was like i ain't i ain't driving five hours to go sit in a box behind a film you shoot a turkey that's right i wouldn't you know with a with a gun or something you know i mean with a with a rifle like like uh mike said (laughs) and uh he was like no no we you know we we move around we usually hunt you know in pairs and he said you know we move around and call and we i said okay so that sounds like some some legit some legit hunting and i said yeah i'll tag along and just and just uh you know, to well, hang out. And we're, I'll we're, say that you know, turkey hunting like that is fun. There, there, there's, there's, a, there's something about turkey. You know, when, when, when you get birds gobbling and you can move on them and you can sit down, it's a very interactive sport. Um, so I will hunt turkeys when they're doing that. I just won't hunt turkeys if they're not gobbling. I, yeah, yeah, yeah. Sitting up against a tree, yelping or clucking every thirty minutes, um, with no interaction, it just doesn't do anything for me. It's not my thing. Yeah. I can sit all day wait on a deer, but not a turkey. Bust you. Do what now? I said then they come in quiet when you're not. Oh yeah, taken. they'll come in when you're not paying attention, and yeah, and then you're done. I mean, if turkeys could smell, you'd probably never kill one. If they were smart enough to get downwind, you I mean their eyesight's ridiculous. So, but like I said, I'm not a, I'm not a real turkey, you know, turkey guy. I'm not a connoisseur of of uh, wild turkeys. They taste good, you know, fried. But mm-hmm. I don't, I don't, I'm not mad at them like I am whitetail, so I don't mess with them a whole lot. But anyway, but you know, turkey season is starting, so I mean, you know, I got a, I got a blind um, set up on one of my feet, one of my food plots. Um, I've got a few pictures of a, of about seven or eight hens and a gobbler coming in there, and I got a bunch of clover planted. In, it's a little small, like a quarter acre food plot, um, and I got it. They're they're in there, you know, every couple of days. So I am going to try to kill one with my bow, but I mean. Believe me, it, it, I'm not going to put a lot of effort into it. I ain't going to lie to you. I'm just not going to put a lot of effort into it. So you got your blind set up, yeah. your corn out. No, no corn. <laughs> no corn. But I feed my deer there. So it's uh, here's the thing. So I, on the other side of the of the food plot is where I feed my deer. Now, that that is one rule. I think in Mississippi, you can't feed your deer or you're not supposed to feed your deer from the start of turkey season or start of turkey season to the end of turkey season. Um, really? I don't know. If, I'm not sure. I don't know if it's a real law, but I know it's like you know you're not supposed to. It's like you don't run dogs during turkey season. You know, guys who guys who uh, who have coon dogs or stuff like that. You know, deer dogs or whatever. You don't you know or training puppies or whatever. You don't run your dogs during turkey season. You're not supposed to run your dogs. So, um, I'm not going to say that I'm a thousand percent sure that you can't feed your deer. Um, but I think that there may be something there because like if if I'm hunting that food plot and I've got my feeder. And it's you know full of feed, and the turkeys yeah. are using that. I, they could say that I'm using that to bait and, and draw turkeys in. So um, yeah. I fed them. I fed up today. Turkey season starts in two weeks, um, and it'll. I have to feed up about every two weeks, so I probably won't feed up um, the next time. I'll probably give it at least a, a couple of extra weeks, and then I, I'm gonna try to kill him if I you know if I if he keeps coming in there. Um, I'd like to try to kill him. I always wanted to kill him with my bow. I just haven't ever done it. So. I don't know. We'll see. Anyway, yeah, you know, on on our uh, MLD place up in East Texas, like I said, we do have we do have a, a little population of turkeys. They're just, uh, but we have about four acres of food plots throughout the place that we kind of have to manage. And 
which they've have they've kind of let me kind of go in and and take the reins on that. And one thing one thing we're trying to do is since we, there are turkeys in the area, the guys that had the place have never really that have been there historically. They've never really put a lot of emphasis on turkeys, and we're trying to gear the food plots towards deer and turkey, so we can kind of make the place better for turkey hunting if if somebody wishes to do that because they're there and we we get them on camera we we come across them we have a place where they like to roost on the place and we're we're trying to see if we can you know Im- improve the habitat to the point to where we can enjoy a good turkey hunt there you know by based on food plots so something we're really and i'm uh I, i'm i'm gonna try to get after one this year too i we don't have a lot of turkey on our property to begin with but Every year I'll catch a few on camera, and I've always wanted to shoot one with my bow. I, I'm wondering, are you are you hunting them out of a ground blind? How you how you setting up for them with a buck? Talk about me? Yeah, what would you? Yeah, I said, yeah, I said a. Yeah, I said a uh, so I've got three or four blinds that I had uh, that I had bought when my kids were little, um, and I don't like. So I'm a bow hunter. I don't hunt mm. out of a usually hunt out of a blind out of a blind. Um, but my, uh, my, I bought some when my kids were small. My kids were 20, and so I see Hayden was like, oh, I see Tristan was 16, so they're old. So he's 24 now. Tristan's 16. So how – damn, I mean, blinds are like freaking almost 10 years old. But they've been sitting in the corner. They're just the uh, pop-up blinds that you can buy at Walmart, you know. Yeah. I think they're like, you know, 200 bucks now. I think I bought them. They were like 75. I don't – they're not yeah. – but anyway – um, they're just they sit over in the corner. I never threw them away. I just kept them. But so when I took one today, when I fed up, when I fed my deer, um, at that particular place, I went and, and uh, checked everything out, pulled a camera card, um, which didn't take a single picture, which means that the camera's not working. So that's going to get DX'd. But uh, anyway, uh, my cell camera works, and, it, and it's shown me that there's some, you know, that there's uh, turkeys and stuff moving through the area. But I just set a blind there, kicked all the dirt out. I just want to, yeah, I'm going to use a blind. Um, so when I was in Texas and and in Mississippi, I've tried multiple times. I don't so I'm I'm not a hardcore enough turkey hunter to stay on it um, and and see it through to the end. But multiple times I've taken my bow and tried to draw on on a turkey, and I've had turkey. I've called turkeys in multiple times because there was a time I was a pretty decent turkey hunter. Um, but I, I would call a turkey. You know, I've called turkeys in and then tried to draw my bow on them. Um, without a blind and dude picked off every single time i, I was mean, gonna say it's gotta be damn near impossible i mean i'm not gonna say impossible but it's damn hard um so the most the, the couple of times that i've done it like i said i've gotten birds you know like when they hit that 30 yard mark i'll you know i i try to get a you know i'll let you know let them get behind a tree or something you know but especially if you got hens if you got a gobbler and he's got four three or four or five hens Man, you got a whole bunch of eyes watching, you know, mm-hmm. and drawing that bow. Um, and, you know, and here's the other problem is that you're like, for me, I'm not going to be standing up against it. I'm going to be kneeling against a tree or something because I got to be where I can draw my bow, right? So I want probably the tree on my left hand side because so, I'm right handed so I can draw my bow, right? Um, and then, so I'm on my knees, most probably. My legs have gone to sleep. I'm fidgeting. I can't stay still because I'm hurting. You know, my knees are dead. My my ankles hurt. I can't feel my toes, you know. And so you start fidgeting and moving. You end up getting picked off. Or you do get them to come in. And when you draw your bow, you get picked off. 
you know, or they're just constantly moving. I've never actually shot at a turkey with my bow. I've drawn a few times and just never could get, you know, I draw, get busted. Now he's moving. He's walking away. I can't get a, I can't get the pin set on him. You know, their vitals are literally like a softball. Oh, yeah, you got very a very small on. area to hit. So at 30 yards, I'm not really comfortable taking a 30 yard shot. Um, if the situation's not just perfect, you know, um, even though I know I could hit it, I mean, but if he's moving or if he's really alert and he's watching me, you know, I, I just don't feel comfortable with it. So I, I just elect not to make the shot. Um, but uh, I'm, I'm going to get in the blind. I mean, it's a quarter acre plot, you know. If they come in there as regularly as they have been, and hopefully they'll come, they'll continue to be regular. They come in about every two or three days, you know. Are you um, uh, you feeding them with you? You got like a corn? You well, got I've got. Well, I feed my deer. I feed my deer. Um, I don't generally share this. I feed my deer cattle feed. Shh, cattle feed. Um, <laughs> I, I feed them sweet feed. Um, pretty decent protein amount. Mm-hmm. Um. It's got soybeans, it's got corn, it's got all kind of stuff in it. Um, and that's what I feed them. Of course, it's got corn and stuff, so the turkeys go scratch in it too. But oh, yeah. it, I, I did position the blind where it would not be within bow shot of, the, of, the, of where I feed them at, where I feed my deer at also. Um, but I will stop feeding. So that's, this will be my last feeding. I won't feed them for, like I said, they generally last about you know seven to ten days. I got to go back in there and feed up again. Um, through that trough feeder and so you, are you feeding all off season or you just i you, feed my uh, deer 365 days a year wow yep. you know I'm, I'm trying to do a little bit of that I, uh, the, my attempt with the soybeans was <laughs> that was my first <laughs> attempt uh yeah we haven't talked about that yeah so i mean i'm a 365 deer hunter and i'm a three i mean I, I literally manage my deer herd 365 i mean to the best of my ability not get me wrong it's 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 uh it's private land, but it's a deer hunting lease. So anybody can hunt where I hunt. You know, I've got surrounding landowners who can, you know, for all I know, GP's, I mean, not GP, but warehousers going to walk in there um, this summer and literally clear cut everything. There might be nothing left by August of the area that I'm hunting, you know, that I do a lot of my hunting at. But is it um, a club or is it a, it's a deer? Yes, yeah, a deer lease. Deer club, lease, whatever you want to call it. Yeah. We have a thousand acres. You guys. And then you got 10, 15 members. Yeah, like about that. 15 members, something like that. Um, but and, and like I said, I don't have a problem with that because I bow hunt. So one thing about our lease is that we, we tend to let each other do our thing, right? So it, where I bow hunt, where I like to hunt, the guys know I like to hunt there, so they just leave me alone. I know that, you know, um, Justin hunts an area or, you know, or, or Mike hunts in an area and so I don't go over there and bother Mike when he's freaking, you know, I don't hunt over there. I let Mike hunt his area, you know. If he wants to go uh, do his thing up in, the, you know, over at a different area, you know, I do it. Because like, so like our thousand um, is not one contiguous area, so it's broken up. It might be um, typical warehouser, you know, um, paper company property. It's 120 acres over here. It's 90 acres over there. It's 110 acres over there. It's 150 acres over there. Um, so it's different, you know, different blocks. So if I'm hunting, you know, the, uh, I don't know, uh, if I'm hunting the election house, um, and that's an area that I like to hunt and somebody else likes to hunt around the oil well, uh, you know, old oil well site. Well, I don't go over to the oil well site and just jump in on top of them all the time. I know they'd like to hunt over there. I let them have their place, you know, in their space. Um, 
it's just what we it's just it's just respecting each other you know and and the way we all hunt um they don't come hunt my food and, plots i don't want theirs you and i could you and i could spend hours talking about dynamics of a of a hunting club i mean everyone is a little different but well they all, you know the only way they work is if everybody respects one another and well i think we're all i know seth is in a big club um i'm in a club you're in a club i don't know about her but i know mike's got his own private property um but yeah down here in the south i mean it's it's deer leases you know in deer clubs i know the hunter's in a deer club you know um he's not on mm-hmm. the night he said he's got some electrical issues going on at his house he's got to sort out um but yeah there are dynamics to uh to, to a hunting club and learning to get along with everybody and you know and you can get in some clubs and everybody's like well i hunt here you can't hunt over here well i mean and that's that, right you know and, and then there's the, the my deer thing you know yeah. oh that's my deer you know um and don't get me wrong i guess i'm not i'm not that much different like you know if i if i got a up-and-coming two-year-old man i'm trying to hide that dude from all these knuckleheads because i know they're gonna blast him if they see him you know i mean all my it, it looks like all of my young deer from last year have bit the dust it's a shame man it and is man i had it, this freaking all, six point two year old six point probably 120 mm. as a six point just six gonna point. be amazing he's a two-year-old big deep forks high rack deep forks he's only about 15 inches wide he's been gone now for shit i don't know six seven weeks he, he ain't make it he, he's gone he's gone i can't look, i'm wrong he's legal I'm, I'm not mm-hmm. saying that you, you don't have a legal right to shoot him, but, God, what could he have been? Oh, yeah. You know? He so, could have uh, been something. You know, that a lot of these clubs, man, they, uh, you know, it's big business now. You got you to gotta, you gotta bring in enough <laughs> members to, to cover the lease. And, and they go up every the, year. All the, every year the lease goes up and. And you gotta you gotta deal with the cost of planting and maintenance and all that stuff. And you know, sometimes you, I don't know who manages your lease for you, like who actually has the lease. But it's 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 it can be tough. Like you're trying to you're trying to bring in members so you can cover the cover the cost, and some of the members it just don't align with with uh with everyone else well or even i think we know, run into that a lot too yeah i think we run into that so so you know this club has been around for a very long time um and the the some of the charter members are now in their 70s you know 60s and 70s and some of them are even older than that um they don't really run the club one of the uh one of the younger members of the family is the president of the club but they are all the charter members so they make the decisions so when you're talking about like the push by people who say, well, if I'm going to pay X amount of money every year to hunt on this place, I would like to see some rules regarding letting some of these young deer walk, you know, um, and letting them try to grow so we have bigger and better deer every year. And immediately the charter members are like, nope, I'm going to shoot whatever the hell I want to. <laughs> Well, okay, look, it's, it's fine. As long as you're shooting state rules, I mean, the state rules are the state rules, and that's what we shoot. But it is frustrating because when you're trying to go out there and get a member, right, you're trying to keep your cost down associated. So sometimes we don't generally add members, but we try to keep our costs in line. We, we, I mean, I know they work really hard at it to try to keep their costs in line. And if, you know, one member not being in there, if, like if we drop one membership, 
um, that generally ends up being roughly a hundred dollars per person extra. You to know, pick it back up to absorb or, the yeah to absorb the cost of yeah. that one member. So if you drop two members, that's another two hundred. Now don't get me wrong, I'm okay. I, I don't care. You can drop five members. I'll just pick up. We'll just pay the extra. But not everybody wants to do that either. And that's a lot of money for a lot of people. When you're talking about four or five hundred extra dollars, right? I would like to see it because I want to see fewer people on the property because I want to I want to reduce the harvest. I want to reduce the pressure on these two year olds, you know, and keep them from getting blasted, right? But that mentality for some people, look, and it's not that I'm saying it's nothing. It's not necessarily anything wrong with it because it's legal if you if it makes you happy shooting that's great but at the same time you have this contradiction right you got people who say well i just want to hunt and enjoy and i want to kill for meat because i don't eat i don't buy beef and all i do is eat deer meat so i need to kill my eight deer a year and if that means i kill a spike and a four point and a six point in my five does i'm very happy with that and and that's fine if you're happy with that good great for you but at the same time Man, that six-year-old was a two. That six-point was a two-year-old who could have been something special, yep. you know. And with no, I mean, and so for me, it's really weird because I, I respect your right to shoot whatever you want to, but at the same time, I'm thinking to myself, man, he could have been something so special, you know. You don't know what that deer. That deer could have been a giant, you know. And then at the same time that they're talking about, you know, I'm going to shoot whatever I want to because I don't eat, I don't buy beef and I only eat deer meat. And the state rule says I can kill him. And they say all that stuff. And then the next thing they say, man, we never have any big deer on this place. <laughs> mm. You're exactly right. That's what you, that's the, the next thing that somebody will say that that just shot all their, shot their six or eight deer and yep. had a few two-year-olds in there it's like, and they cut the horns off and threw them on top of the shed it's not like they killed a trophy you know they just killed him because he had horns and he was out there that day yeah you know where i where i hunt i'm 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 fortunate that all the the clubs around us and you know we we try to you know for the last 15 years we've all everybody our club and, and the clubs around us are all you know eight or better and trying to shoot 15 inch inside and that's sure. not a bulletproof plan by any means but it you know it's something well you know, it's, yeah it, you gotta have right. you gotta have some kind of minimum requirements and you know we're doing our best you know that we've got all you get great camera technology and i, I run cameras you know full all all year round. all year long yeah I, I try to help the the guys that hunt with us i, I show them pictures of bucks that i think are younger deer and and we all you know we all mutually decide let's not shoot this group of bucks so we, we have a hit list and uh do not shoot list and and that's not a, a you know it's not again that's not bulletproof either but it's helped you know we're seeing deer make it from from one year to the next and i think our age class is getting better i'd say that we're getting closer to that you know our, i think our our goal as a group is to to shoot four and a half year old bucks and better Mm -hmm. and not worry so much about the the points and the spread just let's try to shoot mature bucks and um it's been working and in, in, the, in the clubs next door to us there's a big club that has 3200 acres and they're they're doing a little bit of the same and i'd say managing better and bringing in better members but it takes a lot of effort to to get to that point and it's a mindset too you know like you said you got these charter members that 
that they just they want to go out and see deer and and get some meat and there's nothing wrong with no, that absolutely but, there's nothing wrong with yeah, it. but at the same time you've been hunting long enough i'm sure and you're like you know i want to shoot mature deer i want to well you know, it I, doesn't necessarily mean that it's a it's a giant buck it doesn't have you know, it doesn't have to be a, a 10 point or an eight point it's just you know seeing seeing mature deer hunting them is is that's a think you get a lot of enjoyment out of it like the rest of us so. well yeah i think that for everybody i mean i don't know i mean i think everybody in here i mean seth is probably the only one who who is hamstrung by um maybe by by a size thing where you know because he just got smaller deer right um but i think everybody wants to i don't i don't think i've ever met a single person who did not want to kill a big deer you know, you can find you can define big, whatever however you want to define the word, right? If that's a hundred and ten inch deer or a hundred and twenty inch deer or a hundred and fifty, a hundred and eighty, whatever. But everybody wants to kill a big deer as in representative of what they consider a big deer for the area that they live, right? Oh, wow, that's right. So it doesn't matter exactly. It's like so, like where where Mike is, that might be one fifty or better because that's that's Iowa, right? Even for her, because Herb lives in Missouri, where they mm-hmm. grow some great deer. So maybe for them, big is one hundred and fifty inches. But I know, you know, down here, big is a hundred and twenty ish. That's a big, mm-hmm. pretty big deer down here, right? Mm-hmm. Um, for for Heath, who's not here, and I know he would be saying Amen if I said it. For Heath down in the swamp, you know. That might be a hundred and five inch deer, mm-hmm. you know. So big is relative to where you live and what and what your deer do, right? But you you cannot sit here and tell me, man. We never, we never. I've never killed a a big deer in you know when I say in quotes a big deer relative mm-hmm. to size, but I've shot every single spike or four point or six point that's ever walked out on me. Mm-hmm. And then, and in the same breath, you know, or look at my wall with my with my couple of one forties, you know, um, hell, there's a one twenty sitting right above your head, you know, first deer I ever killed. Yep. You can look at that and say, man, I've never killed a deer that size. You know, you must. It must be nice to kill a deer that size. It must be nice to kill a deer like that. It must be, you know, and and to say those things, and at the same time, know that I have never, as a hunter, let anything with antlers above the hairline walk. You know, it must be nice. My ass. Well, that's yeah, you gotta, you, you, you gotta let them walk. That's the, that's the trick. And it's hard to have, uh, you know, to have patience and to have, uh, have that discipline. A lot, well, it's hard for a lot of hunters. You know, there's a, there's a thing and, and I could probably look it up. Let me see if I can, I think I can do all this at one time. Let me, let's see if I can look this up. There's a thing called but, the stages of a hunter, right? Can, if I minimize this, can everybody still hear me? Oh yeah. Okay. Um, so there's this thing. I'm gonna try to see it. Look it up. There's called. There's a thing called the stages of a hunter, right? Um, let me look. If I can look it up on my laptop. Yeah. The five stages of hunter development. Talking. I've heard about it. I mean, I've, well, I've read an article about it a while back, right? Yeah, I think I read that or something like um, that. I, I have my own stages. Well, <laughs> everybody I, does. I've, but, I've wrote them down before because I think you have to be honest about where you are within your. I don't like to call it a career, but within your maturity of especially well you can say your deer hunting career because it's a lifetime right so your deer hunting career spans your lifetime Mm -hmm. you're going to do it your entire life so you start off you know so they said here's the four the five stages um the shooter stage 
Hunters at this stage simply want to do a lot of shooting. It don't, it don't matter what it is. It says doves, ducks, squirrels, rabbits. It don't matter. They just want to shoot. And mm-hmm. then the next stage that you go through is the limiting out stage, where shooting's not enough, um, but they you got a limit. So it says hunters at this stage still gain a lot of satisfaction from shooting, but now the number of animals becomes the importance too. I got to limit out. I, I don't know if I've ever been there. I'm, I'm maybe I have. I don't think about it. But mm-hmm. then you go from there to the trophy stage. So the um, the amount of animal, the number of animals that you kill is less important. Um, but you're looking about the quality of the animals that you kill. So you're going from the so there's a lot of people, and I guess you're right. So there's a lot of people who have never gotten out of the limited out stage. Sure. You know? They've never they've never got to the point where they've killed enough. You know, and I always say like for a new hunter, Some of them you need got to out of the shoot. shooting stage. Well, yeah, they just shoot. They shoot at everything. Yeah, I mean there are. Um but no, you're right though. So if you think about that, we're talking about people who they need to kill their eight deer every single year. Got to kill and and actually they'll kill 10 or 12 deer every mm-hmm. single year. They've got to kill as many deer as they can every single year. Yep. Um, they I, never get I, out of that limited out stage. Just to say, yeah, that and, I, and I think for a, I think for a bow hunter, one of the best things I think everybody these days wants to, especially just because of uh, media, social media, uh, big time networks. You know, they feel like they want to pick up a bow, they want to shoot one or two deer, then they're going to go ahead and jump to the trophy stage. But I think it's that there's no substitute. You have to go through the well, stage. Well, you you where, do have to shoot some it, animals. That's right. You got to shoot some animals. I'm talking about several. I'm talking about you know 20 30 plus whether it be hogs deer that's right turkeys with a bow it, it because if, if and that's if you don't if you're like hey man you know i'm i'm, I'm ready that's what i want to do that's just that's just my that's just how i want to roll that's all great but i'm just going to give you a fair one up front and we can talk about it later uh be prepared to screw up those opportunities on those giants and Dude. but the other thing is is you don't get to observe those animals as often as you need to to get that experience to figure out how to kill those bigger, more mature ones. Either I mean, it, it's the same thing where Mike is. I mean, if those guys up there, they got they've got real nice deer, but if they want to shoot, you know, one sixty plus or one seventy plus, they've got to learn about they they've got to get those one twenties and one thirties out of the way, and and subscribe to what it takes to kill those those bigger mature deer. Same thing we do if I want to shoot a one. 120 inch deer that's going to be for that are as hard it's, it's the same concept just different scale like you said it's relative but i i i think i think that shooter stage or you know what i call it is the harvest stage that uh you know you need to get out and put some arrows through you do you need to, uh, you as do. many animals as you can i agree with that because i'm telling you well once you get ready to take that step and i'm i'm guilty of it myself is the reason i've actually went backwards you know i i I got caught up in trying to, you know, hunt big deer, which, which is, which is fine. Yes, that's just what I did. You know, I, mm-hmm. I kind of jumped up to big deer, and I, you know, I killed, you know, seven or eight animals with my bow, and you know, or, or seven or eight deer anyway, and and, uh, but every almost the last, you know, you just go through, and it'll. I'm just, it's, it's heartbreak, man, when you. When you're hunting those more mature, more, and you keep on screwing it up, screwing it up, screwing it up, screwing it up, I mean, it 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 wears on you. And I I actually st- where'd he go? What happened? Where'd he go? He was t- 
talking and then I'm going to shoot it. <laughs> I ain't got tag, back. but hey man, you cut out. I don't know. I don't know where you cut out at, but you cut out. <laughs> I, I, I stopped to get a beer. So you were talking. I was grabbing a beer. So I don't know what happened. But they said you cut out a little bit. I don't know. Oh my bad. I, I don't. I, who knows where? But uh, I don't know. I'm, I'm kind of. I, I just think it's pretty important. And um, well, it is. Yeah. So I 100 percent agree with you when you say that because you do need to. Sh- you you need to kill some animals to get like you 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 really do i mean i I guess i've never really thought about the stages um i remember reading the article i guess i read the article i don't know i think i saw a facebook link on it a couple weeks ago but i remember having read that many years ago this is not something new this has been there for a long time i read it years ago i can't figure out i don't think i fit any of those stages though I'm, well, I'm kind of part of this and part of that. Well, you're just, I, yeah, I, you I'm, haven't fully not, transitioned. So, you know, the I'm next stage in, in after trophy, after limit out stage, you go to trophy stage where you're really just about the quality of the animal. And then you go to method stage where I think a lot of us are in the method stage because then it becomes about what you use as much as what you, you kill. There you go. So the true satisfaction, it says, the true satisfaction comes from the method used to take game with particular emphasis on more challenging methods such as archery or muzzleloaders. Um, the hunter spends a lot more time scouting and using trail cameras, studying their quarry, practicing their hunting skills. Um, in the case of deer hunting, they may even choose to target one specific animal, which is sort of what I'm getting to. So I'm not, don't get me wrong, when I say that I like to hunt, like I try to hunt try to hunt a deer three and a half to four years old or older every year if i can find one don't always have one if i can find one i will now that does not mean that i will pass all other deer to only kill him that's not what i mean but he is sort of the deer that i'm chasing after you know sort of like what randall randall was chasing after a particular deer he was the best deer on the property that's the deer i got my sights set on you know mm-hmm. not saying if a random freaking buck from you know down the road comes bebopping through there following a doe and he meets not saying I'm not going to shoot him, but I'm really looking for a deer. Um, and I sort of think I'm in the, I've been in the method stage. Well, I think you sort of go back and forth. So like when you get to the method stage and, you know, you pick that um, more challenging method of shooting. So like if you've shot a gun your whole life, let's say you've, you've only ever gun hunted. You go through the shooting stage, the limiting out stage and the trophy stage. And then you go to the method stage Really, with your new method, you almost got to start over again. No, exactly. You are mm-hmm. starting over, and that's 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 what I was explaining. Was the whole method stages was I know for myself was starting over in archery. Because it's once like, you get you know, the bow in your hand and you say, well, "Okay, I'm going to only bow hunt," you need to go start killing shit. Don't matter mm-hmm. what you kill. That's I don't it. care. Kill squirrels. Kill freaking rabbits. Kill freaking hogs. Go kill. Go go to Texas exactly. and shoot exotics. But start killing stuff to gain competence and confidence in your piece of equipment so that you know the ins and the outs of what you're doing um because if you don't when the when the opportunity comes at that once in a lifetime deer you're not going to be prepared no and the biggest lesson that i've learned the last probably three to four years I, i think i mentioned this before is i've had to be honest with myself where i'm at in those stages and i actually wrote them down at one point and i said i need to take a step back and be honest with what i'm doing if i'm not going to screw up my next opportunity and and that is to what, what i call the last stage is uh which i'm kind of trying to transition into you know from setup to execution execution is what i call that last you know um literally 
the whole reason you're out there is that last second of seeing an animal, being able to draw, being able to execute a lethal shot and recovery. Yeah. And that's, that's kind of where I'm at is like, uh, that, you know, and the, the stage I call that is before setup, learning how to set up on animals, set up sure. your, 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 your shot angle, your, your, uh, like you said, you know, setting up for whatever, you know, your off shoulder and, you know, where, where that focus becomes. But my thing is the whole execution because that last, that's kind of that last stage for me where it's uh and that just, that just comes down to drawing all live animals at, at that point. It's it, like, well, it does. That's why I'm saying you do need, you know, whenever, whenever you change your weapon of choice, you need to use it a lot to get good at it. Yeah. You know? Um, so yeah. And then there, there's a fifth stage. Uh, let me go back and see what that fifth stage says. It is, um, uh, this is, is on this is called the sportsman stage and it says it's really more about the total hunting experience um and i think you know i get that so you know being in the outdoors enjoying the company of friends and family seeing nature and now it outweighs whether you take an animal or not i've not made it there i'm absolutely not made it there i'm still in the i'm in the trophy stage with a new method and i've been in that stage for 20 years yeah yeah I'm with you. I, I do enjoy the. Yeah, I've I've taken on the role of manager of the of of the lease that we have, and I really enjoy that. Yeah. You know, like you said, three sixty five. That's that's it now. I'm on a tractor. I'm cutting things with chainsaws. I'm 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 working, and I love it. I'm out there all the time. Yep. And I, I, I get a lot of enjoyment out of that. I love hanging out with with our with our members, and we. we do a lot of cooking and and having a good time and have a lot of kids out there. Well, that's the that's the whole lot, deer camp experience, right? Out of that mm. too. Yeah, I do. Yeah, so and, um, I grew up in the deer camp. I grew up in the deer camp of the uh, of the eighties, uh, um, where all the family came every weekend of deer season, and it was a bunch of men, you know, and of course, Mama and, and a few of the wives came. Uh, but for the most part, it was just a bunch of guys, and we we drank beer, and we freaking cooked food, and we chased white-tailed deer, and we told stories, and we laughed, and we, you know, just had a good time. Um, and those days are really, really and truly, those days are sort of gone. Yeah. Um, yeah. The day of the big deer camp, you know, where all the family got together. Now, I know that um, I've heard story, you know, like people say, you know, up north, you know, like the whole family still gets together and goes to camp. Yeah. But down here, that's that's relatively not completely gone, but it's 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 fewer and far between. Yeah. I you see know? it too. You know, you got, you got yeah. all these sports that are year-round, and the kids just – they don't yep. come anymore. They yep. can't. There's too much going on. Too much going uh-huh. on for your kids, or they don't. You know, they don't want to be involved. There's no internet. They, you know, I had a friend of mine. Literally, um, they got a couple of kids, um, and their middle kid. They came up a couple weeks ago, and their middle kid didn't come. And my wife, I didn't ask. My wife says like, "Where, where's so and so? I can't remember his name, but he's where's such and such." She says, "Oh, he didn't want to come because we don't have any internet." <laughs> And I was like, damn that, I'd have made it. That's what he needed to do was get up here and get the hell away from that internet. That's what's wrong with him, you know? My kids, too. I mean, my kids are on their phone, too. Yeah. Um, but you know, I grew up, I grew up, I'm, I'm the last, I'm I'm an Xer, I'm a generation Xer. So I grew up, I'm the last, you know, we're the last great generation, you know? That's right. Um, Mm. (laughs) (laughs) 
<laughs> X marks the spot. Man. X marks the spot. That's right. No, but you know, I did. I grew. I grew up in in an era of uh, you know, of deer camps. Um, and family and and camaraderie and getting and really the the deer camp experience was way bigger than the actual killing of the animals. Yep. Oh my gosh! Yeah, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and it's, it's like, you know, it's like I said, it's gone now. It's just, you just don't see it anymore. Um, and I I miss that terribly. Yeah. I I hear more and more people mentioning that. And I think it is, is an important aspect, especially for, you know, uh, maintaining, you know, what, what our rights as hunters are for the future. Because I know when I was a kid, like you said, I was on a huge lease and in southeast texas you know like seven thousand acres probably had something like a hundred members or something but you know opening weekend was a it was a you know party in camp let's everybody's gonna cook everybody throw in 10 bucks for the big buck contest that's right and uh you know uh, half the half the guys in camp they stayed there all week and i mean and it was just and you know we were it was a wait to see who passed out by the fire and you know, who actually got up to went and hunt or not and watch all the deer roll in didn't matter what they look like. It was just the story. And it was like, you shot a deer, a nice deer. You drove up to the local, uh, uh, convenience store. They took your picture with a Polaroid and hung it on the wall. You know, remember, and like, remember J and M stop and go Jamie up mm-hmm. there at Edison. Yep. He used to have like, he had a countertop and, and it was a, it was a, uh, like he had a, uh, plexiglass, um, mm-hmm top above it and under the plexiglass was hundreds and hundreds of pictures oh, yeah. of deer yeah. that had been killed over the years yep. and isn't that the most awesome thing ever i, I mean, mean i had my picture in there thing. my picture was in there with a few family members you yeah. know um you would shoot a deer and you would you know on the back of the dog box you roll that dude down there and get you a cold pop and a hot dog mm-hmm. and uh and he'd come out there and mark would come out there I remember it was mark uh, thornton's place Yep. Mark would take your picture and take that Polaroid. And when that Polaroid, thing developed good, he'd slide it underneath there, you know? And there'd be hundreds of pictures underneath there. Um, that, those, those were the days, though. And oh, I, I wish we could, you know, there, there are very few things I say in the world, I, you know, you can go back. I wish we could go back to that, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, I think that shaped children, you know? Um, I think it shaped it shaped our lives, you know. We we had things to look up to. I went to deer camp and I was in awe of the figures that were there, you know, the yeah. men who treated me like a man. You know, I'm 14, 15 years old. They treat me like us equal, right? Mm-hmm. But they're they're larger than life, you know? Every single one of them is larger than life. Um and and they give you something to aspire to be. Yeah. You yeah. know? You wanted to grow up to be them. You wanted to grow yeah, up to be those guys. That. Yeah. He, he was talking about doing that. Um, we, me and my cousin was actually just talking about that this last deer season, missing out on the um, when we had check stations here. And every, every, if you didn't get a deer, we used to run up there just to see who got a deer. You did on that's right camaraderie on yeah. that, and just, and just to enjoy, just, you know, to enjoy their moment with them. You know. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. It's, it's it's all gone. I wish we could go back to that. That I wish we could go back to. I miss yeah. those days. I mean, I think yeah. back with I think about Papa. You know, he's 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 been dead now for shit. I don't know, seven years or or so. Um, you know, but he was the he was the patriarch of the family. You know, he it was his camp. You know, and and everybody came there, and Uncle Kenneth and Papa and Pappy and and you know Wormy and Lewis Lee and those guys were all what i wanted to be when i grew up 
Well, that that's what was funny about those type of camps back then. And it was like it was like you had this lineage and you had this those guys i know when i was you know 11 12 13 it was like you had the guys who were they had already been on that place for and like you said man everybody had the nicknames it was paul paul you know it was buster it was stacy lou and it was like as i'm literally naming people that i that, that I you grew up with guys, that you grew up yeah, looking yeah you know, looking up to yeah you know and they just you know they knew every piece of that property and they you know they would you know down here you know they would start planning their hog hunts with dogs and it, but it was just like, it, I don't know. They were just figures. And then it was like, you had their kids, which were our dads, you know, it was like, then you had them and then you had us, you know, and, and it was, it, it was the whole generational thing all in one place. And that, that had been going on for such a long time. And that's certainly missing at this point. Yeah. I know my, you know, it's, and it's been missing for a little while. Well, I think that's why you see hunter numbers declining. You know, yeah, mm-hmm. I agree. Yeah, my kids. All right, so my kids grew up hunting with me, but not like I grew up hunting. Mm-mm. Because by the time, so by the time my son was seven or eight years old, deer camp was pretty much done. Pappy was had passed. Mm-hmm. Kenneth Ray was gone. Bob Papa was in his seventies. You know, he didn't come to the camp very often anymore. And there were there were my generation was trying to carry on. Right? So we were trying to carry on that. But what happened to us? Work, things started getting in the way, you know, mm-hmm. and now the deer camps, you know, deer camp's not deer camp anymore. Mm-hmm. It's still there, but it's not deer camp anymore, you mm-hmm. know. Um, those older guys, the, the generation ahead of us, they're the ones who created that. And we, like in my in my case, we couldn't maintain it. So my son got a little taste of it. He saw a little bit of the group of guys getting together and cooking and eating and having a good time. But at the same time, he missed a whole lot of it. So now my son at 24 years old, all he does is if, if, if he ain't working, he's probably sleeping. No, yeah. he'll work. That boy will work his ass off. He learned. If he got anything from me, he got the ability. He can, he can go to work. <laughs> You know, he'll, he'll do, he'll do his work. He'll go to work and he's worked really hard. He's bought him, you know, he's got himself all the way up into a management position already at 24 years old. That's great. So he's going to, he's got a bright future, but he works like a crazy person sometimes, you know? Um, so guess what he doesn't do? He don't Mm -hmm. hunt. Mm -hmm. He don't have time for it. Mm -hmm. You know, I know one of the funnest things was being out there. 12 13 years old and them guys trying to teach me how to cook <laughs> you know well that's where that's, i learned to cook i mean that's where you ate best i mean i'm t- exactly that's the thing you so, know there's it, so many little things that you got from being and, out there it was like you know it was it was learning to cook because that's that the best cooking happens in the middle yeah. of the woods and randall randall will understand this from from an from from a kubion to a gumbo to a jambalaya to a sauce piquant everything i learned to cook i learned to cook at deer camp Oh yeah, and I had I had been cooking it like that for years. <laughs> yeah, I never learned I'm to cook rattlesnake, but I'll try it. We just had baloney. You'll ever eat is right there at the deer camp, man. Man, it is. I mean, it, nothing it in is. the world was better. And here's the crazy thing: I remember, I swear to God, I remember one time Kenneth Ray and Papa and me, and there was a few of us sitting around. It wasn't the the full group wasn't there. There might have been fifteen of us. And Papa, it was a Friday night. We'd eat, and Papa says, "Hey, boys." If somebody don't kill a deer, we ain't going to eat tomorrow night. One of y'all got to kill a deer. We're going to starve. <laughs> so 
I think it was Kenneth Ray killed a doe. Um, he he shot a doe that afternoon, like that late at that afternoon, dude. Literally, they them freaking back straps were still quivering when they were putting them in the grease. <laughs> and the best, I mean, it was the best freaking meal because not only did you have just the happiness that you killed one, it was fresh right off the deer back straps. You know, cooked down potatoes. Uh, you know, and and whatever else they were making that day, but then you had like the, the whole damn camp. That was the first deer of the year. The whole camp was so damn happy. Yep. You know. Oh yeah. Over a hundred and fifteen pound doe. You know, people slapping him on the back. You know, here have another beer. You know, you we'd mm-hmm. starve to death if it wasn't for Kenneth Ray and him telling us how bad a deer hunter we were. You know, mm-hmm. y'all if y'all could y'all can't kill shit for yourselves. You know, if it wasn't for us oh, old yeah. men, because he was one of the older, <laughs> if it wasn't for us old men, all you some bitches would starve to death. You know? Oh, yeah. So those are all the things. Out. Yeah, I mean, they were just, they were so wonderful. You yeah. know? Those are the memories of deer camp that, I mean, I carry those. I cherish those memories with me every day. Yeah. I cherish those with me every day. There's one one of the images that's burned in my head is I was on the same deer camp for a long time, and I was, so I was getting close to about 19 or 20, is a... Uh, somebody in camp had a uh, had a little girl she was two years old and we called her peanut and somebody it was two deer shot that morning they were hanging at the hang they were hanging at the skinning rack and they were both about you know three quarters of the way done of course they you know broke out the water hose and were kind of washing off the quarters as they kind of took them off and this little two-year-old girl came wandering through uh in a diaper uh so uh, barefoot wandering through the the bloody water that was rolling <laughs> off the deer chewing on an empty 30 odd six shell casing and she just walked up and she's looking at them deer and she's chewing on that shell casing and she's ankle deep in bloody water and she just points up there and she's like hey deer yeah yeah and you know it was just the everybody's just like oh it's just the cutest thing you know that that image is burning in my head <laughs> sure. I, just, I try to imagine that now and it's and it's just oh my gosh it's just non-existent and yeah nowadays they'd be like oh my gosh she's gonna get covid <laughs> oh yeah <laughs> you know i mean but i i mean i did i grew up in that i grew up in an era it was yeah. it was it was just such a great era for deer hunting and camaraderie and family and enjoyment and yeah i miss it i miss it terribly oh yeah i really do i do miss it terribly yeah, and you, you you know not only that you the people that you're there with you probably align with pretty well. You know, it's just lots of good lots of good stories told. And but that was the best part of the whole thing was telling stories. Oh yeah, you know you didn't yeah, have the, the story got told with those people. The, the stories got told year after year after year. The same you know? stories, and you know, like so we grew up in a dog. I grew up dog hunting. I know. Uh, I don't know. I don't know about the rest of y'all. I grew up. I know yeah. Jamie did. Mm-hmm. We grew up. Hounds were king. You know, um, I've transitioned away from that because of the way I hunt. But we grew up in an era where where hounds were king. You ran deer dogs. That was what you lived for. Was dog season. Oh, yeah. Um, so you had stories of deer, but you also had stories of dogs. Mm-hmm. Oh, blue speck lop ear. You know, you had you had stories. Yeah. Uh, of dogs that ran deer and and those those stories transcended time you know oh, i remember yeah. papa telling stories about dogs from before i was born oh yeah you know that he had raised and that were special 
mm-hmm. as far as like special to him, you know, and and for what he had done. So you had all these great things, you know. It was just yeah. it was an amazing time. I think every child should have that. I wish we all had it. It'd have been great just to go to listen to the stories if you didn't even go deer hunt. Just go spend time, listen to the stories. That was that was one of the best parts of the whole thing. Absolutely, absolutely. I grew up in a in a time even before you guys. Yeah, you're old. Yeah, <laughs> first, my first deer season was 1967, and uh, there, there wasn't any cameras. There wasn't any feeders, and this was down in Texas. Uh, I mean, I grew up with Coleman lanterns, uh, sleeping in the back of a station wagon. That was our deer camp. Uh, 1964 Plymouth Savoy station wagon. <laughs> Joni, Joni hand warmers that would. I remember the hand warmers. They were like, didn't you? You had to fill them up like you did a uh, bit, like you did a lighter, right? Yeah, uh, Cliff, can you see me? Yeah, I can see you. I, I can't see y'all, but I was going to show. No, you we real t- yeah, quick. we turn. We I have if I turn the video off, I get a better I get a better feed. Look at those Coleman lanterns. I see them. My God, man! Yep. And, uh, you got beer cans beside all of them. Is that what that is? <laughs> yeah, uh, lanterns and beer not. cans. That, that's why we got you on the show because I knew you. I knew you had it in you. <laughs> What's that? I said, that's why you're on the show because I knew I knew I knew you were a redneck at heart. <laughs> hey, that that's just part of my collection of beer cans. Well, no, the lantern. <laughs> oh, okay. <laughs> but uh, but you know, my 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 first tree stand was a two by six, but uh, up in a live oak. That's tree right. With, with two by four steps going up to it. That's right. We used to use sixty penny nails, yeah. drive them into the that, trees. The, the neat the neat thing that I have found since I've moved up here to Iowa, I have found three or four old stands from way back in the day that's just all that's left is maybe just one or two rotted out steps going up in a tree and or some of them have like you said sixty penny nails driven into the tree and the uh, trees all kind of swelled out around them and those were stands from back in that time period. That's right. That I'm, that I'm talking about, and and Seth will probably know what I'm talking about over in Texas. I hunted some down in kind of in East Texas, down around in Leon County, down around uh, Buffalo or Fairfield, mm-hmm. and some of them back roads back in there in the late '60s and early '70s. You'd drive down the road and you'd see camps just along the side of the road and you could, and there'd be Coleman lanterns hanging out there and people sleeping in tents. And, uh, you know, it's just, it was just a totally different time. Uh, uh, I remember I, I don't have it anymore. I wish I did. I had an old Marlin three thirty six C 3030 with a Weaver four power scope on it. That was what I shot my first deer with. And, uh, but yeah, times have changed a lot on that. But, uh, it's, it's kind of neat since I've been up here hunting. Like I said, I've found two or three old stands. And generally speaking, when you find an old stand like that, yep. it's going to be in a good spot. It's in a good, good spot. spot. Ain't it crazy? Mm-hmm. Yep. I yep. Have, so, so I sell land for, you know, I sell, well, I sell real estate. I prefer to sell land over houses because I love the land aspect. I love being out there on it. And I've never failed. I've, I've, like if I, if I list a 100 acre or 120 acre or whatever size tract of land I list, I always go walk it. 
I don't just go to the road and take a picture. I go walk the property so I'm intimately knowledgeable about what I'm trying to sell to a client and sell for my client. And it never fails that if I find an old tree stand or something, it'll be in a place that I would have hung a stand almost every single time. There'll be a rub or a scrape somewhere nearby. It'll be a natural travel corridor or something that it's always like, and I find something good. And a lot of times I'll look around and there'll be the remnants of an old tree stand up in a tree somewhere. Last year, uh, I was hunting about a mile up the creek here, uh, actually on my neighbor's ground. And, uh, I was hunting over a really big scrape. This scrape was about half the size of the hood of a pickup. And I was I was in my tree saddle. It was the first year I hunted out of my saddle last year. And uh, I'd been up in the tree. I'd, I'd, I'd picked this tree the evening before. And I actually left my saddle platform and my, and my steps there. And, uh, and so I got back the next morning. The first morning I'd hunted it. And... After after it got daylight, I just happened to look over, and about 20 yards over from me, I saw 60-penny nails coming out of this old ash tree. And up about 15 foot, there was an old piece of angle iron that was nailed into the tree. And it didn't have any boards or left on it. And I thought, yeah, okay, I'm in a good spot. You know, That's <laughs> saw right. Somebody yeah. 20 years ago. We got to think for, for – Back then, for somebody to drag, you know, a, a big old sack full or whatever, they towed it around, you know, a, a bunch of enough lumber to create a ladder or some kind of stand way out, you know, That's six, right. eight hundred yards or a mile out there. It better be damn good. <laughs> yeah, because I'm. You're absolutely right, Seth. Though, because I'm gonna tell you, man. I know where there's like I, where I used to hunt in the national forest. Some of the places I used to hunt. I mean, look, it was an endeavor to get back there. Period. <laughs> Yep. And for somebody yep. to drag freaking two by fours and nails and a hammer and everything to go back in there and put a stand in the crotch of a tree, bro, that was an endeavor. I mean, you are, when I tell you an endeavor, I got spots that I went back in there. It's a mile back there, and you get back there, and somebody's got a freaking built a stand. You know, they don't build them anymore. You can't do it. But, you know, back yeah. in the day, you built a stand. And I'm thinking to myself, holy shit. So I remember I shot a... Uh, didn't have four-wheelers and side-by-sides. No, they, there wasn't they no... They packed They didn't have three-wheelers back then. <laughs> yeah. They packed yeah. all... They drugged that freaking 16-foot... Yeah. yeah, them 16-foot two-by-fours, they drugged them things up in there. Oh, yeah. You know? <laughs> they come... It, it would, 40 years, 50 years ago, before... I, I've, I've been hunting a property that we're on for over 20 years, but the people that hunted it before us, they came in by boat. And um, it's funny, I was pulling a stand down today and uh one of my lock ones and and i've seen this stand before it's an old wooden ladder stand somebody uh pinned up to a tree it's probably one of the bigger trees on our property and i've been struggling to find a tree in this area where i want to hunt just the the property i hunt on it's an old cattle pasture that we planted trees 20 20 something years ago so you can imagine it's been through all this all this habitat change over that time period and i've struggled you know for for the longest time i was hunting out of ground blinds because i didn't have any other option but uh you know now the trees are big enough where i can find you know I, it's still hard to find a tree to get a lock on in but you know this particular area it's it's in I mean, the trees are you know smaller than your waist and uh just hard to find find the right tree but 
<laughs> I think next year I'm gonna I'm gonna knock that old wooden stand down or put my my uh, put my lock on right next to it. Maybe not knock it down, but it's in a it's in a good spot. It's exactly where I want to be. It's literally 200 feet from where I had my other where I had my my lock on set up this year, and it just the tree I was in was terrible, just too small, and and my and I hated the way I was positioned. Yeah, felt like I was gonna get busted every time a deer came in. Hmm. So I think I'm I think I'm gonna put that lock on right in that right in that tree where this old wooden uh, wooden ladder stand is. But I guarantee you that that stand's been there for fifty years, maybe yeah. longer. That's just, right. I remember though the spot down. I mean, uh, so it's 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 in the national forest. It's a spot that we call the cemetery because, like, where you parked to go down in there, there was an there was an old family cemetery right there, and uh, so we just called it the cemetery road. So uh, way down, you go down to the cemetery road, and there was a cypress slough down in there, down close to the river. And uh, I'll never forget. I was I went. I don't know. See, I'm 50 now. I was probably 15 between 15 and 16 years old around that time frame. Me and Pawpaw walked down in there, and uh, we had, we were dog hunting. But I mean, the dogs never came anywhere near, so we were effectively still hunting. And uh, I walked down in the cypress slough, and I was looking at it, and it was so it was dry. Now a lot of our cypress sloughs, they're only wet parts of the year. Mm-hmm. Um, Jamie, tell you that. So, um, like, un, un, unlike for what Randall has to deal with, a lot of ours are only wet. Certain, you know, like during yeah. during a wet winter. You know, a lot of times they're dry the entire year. Oh, yeah. Well, anyway, so I went to the edge of the cypress slough, and in this cypress tree, there's sixty penny nails, right? And there's a the the tree goes up about freaking fifteen foot, and it splits. Rare for a cypress, but the cypress split. Or had a, yeah, it was, I call it a split. It may have just been a big limb. But there was a little platform built. It was just a literally two by 12 or something that was wedged in there and nailed in. So I climbed my mm-hmm. ass up in that son of a gun. I had a, I had a Marlin 3030. That was the, yeah. that's what I shot back then um, before I graduated to a 30 alt 6. And uh, I slung that dude on my back. You know, back nowadays, I would never get in a tree without a harness. Hell, back then, I didn't know what a harness was. Mm-hmm. They didn't even make those things, no. you know. I shinnied up that freaking tree and sat up in the crook of that daggum, uh, of that cypress tree, and I just sat there. And uh, I'll never forget, because I, I shot a spike buck that day. He walked out from the creek. I guess he'd crossed the creek, and he walked up into that on the edge of that cypress slough, and he stopped, and I shot that dude. And then I shot him. I hit him the first time, and then he was running, so I missed him three more times. Because he was running, I had to shoot at him. <laughs> That's right. So, but he ran right to the road where we had to, and, and died, and Papa come over to me. You know, that's back in the day, too. Like, when you shot, if I, if I pulled the trigger, I could almost expect Papa to be there within 15 minutes. Oh, yeah. Somebody you know, if, if Papa shot, I could, he could expect me, I would be there within 10, 15, I'd give him 10 or 15 minutes, you know, for it to get quiet, and then I'd get up and ease over there to him so I could help him, you know, either look for the deer or drag the deer out. You know, and I, I shot a big old cow horn spike. I'll never forget that day. So I got so many memories like that, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, trophy hunting thing came later in life. Man, I grew up in a time where if that dude was freaking, matter of fact, we played brown, it's down. Okay. You know, mm-hmm. we, man, we just shot, you know, we had, we had fun. Now, there were times you couldn't, like, for the first part, you know, for, I don't know, from like maybe up until I was about 18, you couldn't shoot a doe. And then they opened up doe hunting. Um, that you could start shooting some doe. So they had doe yeah. deer everywhere. We had doe days. Yeah, you had doe days. You could shoot like <laughs> one day a year. You could shoot yeah. a doe. 
And that was the day I'd never see a deer. Yeah. You know, you never saw a deer that day. See, I was lucky. My dad was in a, a camp that we had, we was on the DMAP program. Yep. So every year, a couple months or so before season, biologists would come and tell you how many deer to shoot. Scout, and they would issue, I don't, I don't remember, it was eight or 10 guys in the club. And depending on how many deer we had that year, they'd get X number of doe tags per member. That's right. And so from the time I was eight years old, I started hunting. Yeah. Well, Tristan all had, did. All I had to see was a deer. So I didn't <laughs> So I didn't have that luxury. But now Tristan, my son, when I when I was growing, when, when I was working, he was, uh, you know, eight years old. Matter of fact, from, from like 9, 10, 11, something along those lines before they sold it. Um, the guy that I worked for, the gentleman that I worked for, um, he owned a sawmill. I was running a sawmill for him. He owned 1,800 acres, and it was on a DMAP program. So I had the luxury of we had that same thing. We were shooting like, I don't know, 60 deer a year off that 1,800 acres. It was a crazy amount of deer that we shot. Yeah, we didn't shoot that many, but we had there – was, there was many years we'd have five, six, eight tags per member. Really? And, you know – me, me and my brother, and there was a couple other guys that had kids, but most of them, you know, they didn't have kids. Yeah, and so you shot. Well, so we just turned we, we just, just turned our kids loose. So we would all try to hunt a mature deer, but we just turned our kids loose on those does. Tristan killed eight or ten a year, every year. But yeah. we just put the tag on them and move on, you know. Yep. Oh, yeah, my son was a stone-cold killer when he was young now. He just doesn't do it anymore. I mean, he, his life has changed. But, again, yeah. like for me – I joined the army. I left. I moved off, you know. And it wasn't until after me and Lisa got married that I started getting back into hunting. I went through a sure enough from about eighteen to about twenty four, twenty five. The a white tailed deer wasn't the kind of deer I was chasing, you know. <laughs> I was like every other redneck boy. My neck swole. I was I was in rut all year long, mm-hmm. you know. Um, and it wasn't until I got married that I started sort of settling into life again. I you know the old sow your oats type thing. And then I started settling back into life, and, and then I got back to hunting. So maybe he will, too. You never know. Well, just because your kids quit for a little while don't mean they'll come back to it. Oh, you yeah. know? Yeah, he'll circle back around. I hope he does. Yeah, I, and it, been, but if he I, don't, you know what? That's okay, too. It's his life. You know, you got to live your own life. He, he Maybe he will. Maybe he won't. Where I hunt is, is literally 15 minutes away from downtown Baton Rouge. So I've been fortunate where it's easy. Yeah, you never did tell me where you live at. I'm in, I'm in Baton Rouge. You live in but Baton Rouge? In, yeah, I hunt in Port Allen. So it's uh, I know where Port Allen is. Go, I go right, I go right over the bridge, and and I'm hunting, and I'm at my camp in 15 minutes. It's uh, yeah, we don't have we don't have the biggest gear, but that convenience, man. It's uh, oh it's, yeah, it lets, me, so, it lets me pop out of the office and go get in a deer stand same day. Just don't even have to plan it yeah. it's easy so let, while we're uh while we're recording and I'll, I'll do this so i don't have to insert it so i'll make a blatant plug for the of course i'm, I'm a realtor with thompson's land and homes and uh you know we're we're a, a land brokerage company uh mostly land do some real estate i do it all um but we will be at the uh gonzalez sportsman's expo uh march 18th 19th and 20th if i think is that's correct so we will be there. So Brandon, come and see me, man. I'll be there working the booth at Thompson Planning Homes. Uh, come and visit with me, man. And if you're uh, if you're here in Podcast Land and you hear this, it'll be coming out around that time or probably the week before. Guys, come and see me. 
Come and see me. Come and come and uh, come and talk to me. Come and meet me. I'd love to meet you, and then uh, we can talk about you buying some land because that's what I'm here for. <laughs> hey, man. love it. Blatant love, plug, love. dude. That's how I make a living. That's how I pay for all this stuff. You know. <laughs> no, man. And I'm uh, I'm always I've I've been looking at little little tracks of land for the last few years. I'm trying yep. to find something. So you're not so. far from me. So you're 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 probably a, an hour from Chris. He's not on, but you're probably an hour from Chris. You're an hour and a half. If you live in Baton Rouge, you're an hour and a half from me. Because Paul Paul and them were from Walker. Where are you? You're in uh Clinton? I'm in I mean, Mis- I'm in Meadville. If you know where if you find Meadville, you'll you'll find you'll be close enough to me that it's it's close enough. Find Meadville, Mississippi yeah. on your map and you're you're within twelve miles of my house. Centerville? Uh, it's a no. Well, yeah, actually, I go. Ab- I live right above Liberty. I'm about forty mm. minutes north of Liberty. Yeah, northeast of Centerville. Yeah, northeast of Centerville, about forty minutes north of Liberty, Mississippi. Got it. So I'm not too far from you. Trust me. Um, I'm not far no, from got, you at I all. Got, I got two good friends that that hunt in Woodville, and I'm there all the time. Yeah, Woodville. Woodville's about um uh, about an hour, a little bit, a little bit over an hour mm-hmm. south, a uh, sort of southwest of me. So, yeah, it's I'm not too far away there. over there, man. I, uh, I, I'm, I'm, I'm trying to find something closer to Lake Mary if I can. Oh yeah, I, hey, we got a, hey, we got a, we just put a, uh, we just put a half acre a lot on Lake Mary on the market. You want it? <laughs> I'm looking for some, some hunting land. Well, I, you I mean, know, you I, can I fish, that- you can fish on Lake Mary, <laughs> and then you can hunt on your hunting land with your buddy. Duck hunt. Yeah, give me a call. What's the name of that club that's that's uh, north and I guess west of Lake Mary? Close to the river. Oh man, I don't know. Don't get me. There's there's three or four of them up there. Don't get me to line on which one it's it is. It's a bit. It's a bit. It's probably a you know fifteen hundred well, acre club. Well, and, um, um, so but uh, it's one you buy into. So it's fractional. Oh, that's uh. So though. So um. Uh, Slago, Slago, something like that. There. That was uh. That's it. There actually, it's on the market too. It's up for sale. Um. Goodness Christ, I had a friend who, before it was a buy-in, before it was an, it's called an equity share is what you're talking about. So when you buy into a club, you buy an equity share. That's what they do now. Um, matter of fact, they just yeah, sold. Yeah, it's like one-tenth or one-fifteenth. Yeah, that's right. So they just they just sold Giles Island, and they're about to turn Giles Island into an equity share, really? I think. I got a feeling they just Did sold they? it. I know, uh, I know the Suns. They Bank. sold it. They sold it. Um, I do believe. I don't know, but I've heard rumors that the that the new owners are Market, contemplating. The new owners are contemplating turning it into an equity share. I don't know if they're going to. That's just rumors. It could be total false. It could just be someone talking out their ass. I don't know. But I mean, that place has got more giant. Bucks it's just. Than- it's, it's proof. It's crazy. So it's proof that you can grow giants in South Mississippi. And if you ever like, one day we'll talk about that. So I, I listened to a or yeah, I listened to an, a story. I think it was it may have been a podcast from somebody, the guy who used to run it. He may still run it, but the guy who ran Giles Island, um, he was talking about how they developed their management program, right? And he said they used to shoot 140 inch deer all the time, the whole place, 140 inch deer. And the owner came to him and said, I want to start shooting bigger deer. And he said, the only way you're going to start shooting bigger deer is if you stop shooting 140s. And the owner was like, whoa, wait a minute. Wait a minute. I don't know about all that. And so they split the island in half. And he said, okay, you shoot whatever you want to on this side of the island. And on this side of the island, we're only going to shoot 160s or better. And that's how Giles Island became the mecca that it is. It took him a couple of years to prove that if you get those deer to a certain age, 
you started killing deer. Because I know mm-hmm. multiple guys who guide on that island um, from the Natchez area around there. That's where it's at. Yeah. Who, who, you know, not everybody guides all year, every year, but I know, I've known five or six guys who guided on that island multiple times. Yeah. I, I, I'm friends with a guy named Eric Dumas who, who has guided over there forever. Yep. I know a he, couple of guys he, who've he, done he, it. He tells me all about how they manage and, Yep, and it's, there's a process, but it's proven that if you manage your deer herd, you can grow those kind of deer. But you can't do it by shooting every freaking two-year-old eight-point that you see. One of the interesting things he was telling me is that they they never um, like if they're if they put somebody out in a, in a whatever food plot any stand, they have somebody that drives nope. a truck to that stand. You don't to, walk to anywhere. Jump the deer. It, well, they jump those deer out of the food plots with trucks. They yep. never let the deer see a human. So the deer get accustomed to a vehicle. Like, I run my side-by-side, right, all the time through our lease, all the time. The deer, I, I really believe they get accustomed to hearing my side-by-side. I never turn it off. Like, if I'm feeding them, like today I was feeding up and checking cameras, mm-hmm. I never turned that machine off the entire time I was there. Yep. If I if I run my side by side in to uh, change it to, to put in a tree stand, if I can drive my side by side that close, that side by side runs the entire. I don't care if I'm there for three hours; it runs the entire time I'm there. So the deer only hear that; they only hear that. They never hear me. Right. You know, it's just what I do. But anyway, that's a whole different subject. That hanging tree stands is a whole different subject. We'll be talking for two hours on that too. <laughs> that's a whole different thing. Um, but guys, you guys hanging tree stands are, are lucky, man. <laughs> I, I told you, I, I was forced to hunt out of ground blinds for probably eight years, and I hated it. Yeah, but it did teach me. It t- taught me a lot about how well deer can smell you. Well, I mean, sure. you know, I hunted out of ground blinds, um, you know, because I had kids. But look, I hunt warehouser leasehold property, right? Um, it's just. It, it just sort of is what it is. Um, all right, Seth, man, we appreciate you, bro. We'll, we'll talk to you later. Um, it's not a big it, – it, it's – so we hunt um, we, we hunt warehouser land. So, look, I, I mean, I'm hunting out of a pine tree today. Tomorrow, they may go in there and start clear-cutting that whole place. You know? You don't never know what they're – I mean, you, you, and you have no say-so, Ain't right? no say-so, and it may be June or it may be December exactly and i have seen during deer season you know because it's dry and it might be an area that's wet and during deer season you're in there hunting and the next thing you know you come over there the next weekend and they done cleared the bunching ground they got freaking equipment in there they're about to start clear cutting it just it it is what it is if you're going to lease their property you're going to deal with it oh yeah it's it just is what it is you know what hey hey when they get there and they they hunting those clear cuts is after a year few years that's uh, it takes about two years. It takes about two years, and it is some of the best habitats you'll ever see. So you learn to adapt, man. I'm a bow hunter, but you know I can hunt out of a ground blind just as easy as I can hunt out of a out of a tree stand. Do I prefer, do I prefer to hunt out of trees? Yeah, of course I do. But can I hunt out of a ground blind? Can I adapt? Damn right I can, and I will if I need to. That's, that's yeah, that's it, man. You gotta you gotta be able to adapt. You know, because, it's hard. It's yeah. hard hunting from the ground, but you but you you figure it out. You. You learn a lot. You learn about approach. You learn about bedding areas and where you want to. Yeah, set when up we start and, talking entry and, and exit, and when that's, that's a whole another topic. And like I said we're already two hours into this one, so I'm not going to. Uh, 
I'm not going to go. I don't want to go down that rabbit hole because if we go down that rabbit hole of of setting stands and entry and exit and and that's a that's another two hour podcast. We'll be here all night. We'll like to save that I'm, for I'm another excited night. Excited about that one. Yeah, because I got a lot of input. I mean, I, I hang a lot of stands. I do a lot of run and gun. I hang a lot of stands. You know, I do a lot of of, of uh, scouting prior to the season. Before you know, I you know I'm going to go. Matter of fact, I got a stand. I was thinking about it today. I drove by it. I'm going to move it 10 yards, roughly 10 yards, and I'm, I'm probably going to do it in the next two weeks. I'm going to go in there. I'm going to pull that stand down. I'm going to move the entire thing 10 yards just because I feel a little bit exposed, and I think if I move it back a little bit from where it is, it, my shot's 10 yards further, but I'm still it's only going to be 30, 32 yards. I'm, I'm very comfortable there. But, yeah, I'm about to move that stand because because of, of a situation where I had a deer get behind me this year. I had two deer get behind me this year and get on my entry trail. I'm moving that stand so that that can't happen anymore. <laughs> I was lucky enough that it wasn't a big deer. It was a doe. But, I mean, what if it had been my big boy, you know, got in behind me? So, and, and the six-point that got in behind me, he turned inside out when he hit my scent trail. So, yeah, changes have to be made. But, anyway – um. Guys, I, it's uh, we, we're we're right at we're right at two hours. I mean, people all got a life, and I don't I don't want to keep everybody here all damn night long. Um, I appreciate you. Anybody got anything before we go? Enjoyed it, guys. Yeah, Brandon, we we're, we're, we're Randall. We're glad you came. Her, I'm glad you're back, man. I know you're yeah. you, you you. I know you didn't talk a lot, but I, I want you to be. You know, we want you here. We we appreciate having you. You and Mike. I enjoyed it. Good. I appreciate it. Herb, you all right, man? Yeah, I'm good. All right, man. I appreciate oh. you. I appreciate you coming in and stay stay in it, man. It'll, it'll get easier to talk eventually. You got to butt in, though. Oh, I will yeah. say that, dude. You got to butt in. Yeah, I'm, I'm noticing we're going to have to butt in. I yep. noticed that. Don't be afraid to butt in. I'll talk all damn night, man. Just butt in on me. Yep. Um, everybody having, does it. I'm having to learn that, too. You do. <laughs> I mean, look, I'm not, you know. Well, the there's a thing like i did a lot of research before i started this silence is a bad thing prolonged yeah. silence is a bad thing we have moments that we have silence because of the gap of the lag between but mm-hmm. silence is a bad thing so someone's got to be talking so somebody else talk I'm a, I'll, I'll be happily shut up if you'll talk so see see what yep. i'm talking about mm-hmm. silence somebody's yeah. got to talk oh yeah but it is what it is, guys. I, I um, we're gonna call it a night. I appreciate y'all. I know everybody's tired. Um, it's already you know it's eight o'clock here. Um, it's eight o'clock everywhere. I guess we're all on the same time zone. Um, but I do appreciate y'all. Uh, until the next time, guys. Um, I don't know. Stay salty. We're out of here. shit show.